6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, you know, it's it's a story that we've been following closely over the past few weeks on 6.30 Chet Afternoons, and it is the uh, lack of movement by the Canadian government to get Afghan interpreters who worked alongside Canadian troops in Afghanistan out of that country as the Taliban continues to take more control of different parts of that country. The Panjwe district falling a couple of weeks back right on uh, Kandahar, Kandahar City's uh, um, outskirts. And and there is real concern about the safety of these interpreters who were instrumental in helping uh, our Canadian troops. We talked with Major Retired uh, Quentin Innes last week about this. He worked directly with some of these interpreters. And we know that there are different organizations across the country trying to do the help, trying to get these uh, these um, interpreters to safety. Now, one of those groups is not left behind. It was started by the family of Captain Nicola Goddard, Canada's first female soldier to die in combat and and uh, this organization taking matters into its own hands Andrew Rusk is the brother-in-law of Captain Goddard he joins us this afternoon Andrew welcome to 630 Chet in Edmonton thanks for having me now as as you have been uh, have been watching and and your family has been watching what is happening in Afghanistan with the gains that the Taliban has been making what is going through your mind you know, it's just so concerning. We've watched the Taliban move in and in from the outer, outskirts of the regions into um, more populated cities, and it's putting interpreters that used to work with um, the Canadian military at risk, but it's also putting at risk all of the other workers that the Canadian government employed. So if you were a driver, if you were a cook, if you were a cleaner, if you were a tradesperson working on the bases, the Taliban doesn't care that you weren't an interpreter. You were still working with us, and their lives are at risk as well right now. It's very concerning. Yeah, and, uh, y- you know, as, as I r- read more and have read over the years about, uh, about your sister-in-law, about Captain Goddard, and, and what she stood for, who she was, what she stood for, and about how she wanted to how she wanted to help and one of the reasons why she joined the military is because she wanted to help um it, it must be very difficult for for your family to think right now that um you know uh, feet heels are dragging on this it's it's difficult for a family it's difficult for all veterans because these veterans worked side by side with these interpreters they worked side by side with their workers they um with the other workers in afghanistan as well they were their colleagues they were their friends and when we start hearing stories of the direct threats and the direct violence these people are, are facing right now it's it's not just them but it's also their children it's their wives it's their parents that are getting direct threats from the Taliban, and we just aren't moving fast enough to take action. Yeah, and I, and I wonder what's going on. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I put in a request to the immigration minister, Marco Mendocino, uh, earlier this week, and they wanted a list of questions prior to the interview, and I wasn't comfortable in doing that, so I said, um, you know, I just I, I went on and, and just kind of forgot about that interview. Uh, he keeps saying that they're working on it, they're working on it, but we know that there was a program in place uh, years back to bring families over, to bring, um, you know, know the those who worked alongside Canadian troops back to, to Canada and into the United States I guess the question is is why isn't that just being put back in place because that old program wasn't good enough so the program that was in place was time limited 
So you needed to be working with the forces from 2007 to 2011, and you needed to be working there for at least a year. Mm. So the interpreter that was in the lab with Nicola when she was killed, the interpreter that took Nicola out of the lab so that CPR and first aid could be administered on him, he was not eligible mm. because he was with the military in 2006. Yeah. And so there were gaps in the policy in the past, and when the government releases their plans, because they've said they will, we all need to be careful to make sure that everybody that's at risk from the Taliban um, is included in that, and we are giving them the safe haven that they deserve. Yeah, uh, Not Left Behind is is a group co-founded by um, uh, your family. By I think is your wife who who started it. You and and um, and your wife started this. And I was reading that you're taking matters into your own hand, and and uh, with with the help of the others, uh, with the help of others, helping to finance um, the safe transfer of up. What, it's been 20 families in the last few days. Can you tell us about that? There's dozens of veterans from coast to coast that are working to identify interpreters and other staff that they served with and filing them in in order to make sure that they are on the list to be repatriated and in the, um, and in the short term trying to get them to safer ground. And so there's literally been dozens, dozens of, um, of service members as well as veterans that have been sending their own money over Western Union and MoneyGram and others to try and get them out of the out, outer regions that are no longer safe into safer areas of the country now. All right, so so that is uh, a, a little bit of good news on this front, but really it's the truth, Andrew. Time is ticking. Time is ticking on this. It really is. So what are you urging Canadians to do? We need everybody to call their MPs. We need them to call their MPs today. We need them to call their MPs tomorrow. We need you to keep calling until they are safe. And when you call, you need to ask what your individual MP is doing in order to make sure these lives are saved and insisting that it's not just interpreters, it's also the families of these interpreters yes. and the staff of these interpreters because we keep hearing the stories of their families and their children that are facing direct risks, direct threats, direct violence. We need to continue to put the pressure on to take action. And it's not just about pressuring the Liberals, it's also about encouraging O'Toole and his caucus to make sure that we're taking the right steps as well um, and that we are all putting pressure on it because the Liberals haven't been moving fast enough but at the same time the Conservatives haven't been vocal enough at pushing for these changes and advocating for these voices either. Is there a way if people wanted to help out financially they can do so as well Andrew? We are launching a fund tomorrow. Um, there will be a link at notleftbehind.ca that will go live. We're just working through the details with the charitable partner. And so we should have it up and running by that point in time. But anybody in the interim, if they want to go to notleftbehind.ca and send us an email, we will let them know as soon as it is up and running because we want to make sure that we're funding this support in Afghanistan as well as when these um, when these hopeful immigrants come to Canada, we also have the funding and the resources to help them settle properly as well. And the last, and before I let you go, uh, when I was talking with um, Major Retired Quentin Ennis last week, who was a public affairs officer, uh, did three tours in Afghanistan, um, and, and he was telling me that the, the numbers that we're looking at is about 250. Is that the number that you have? What, 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 how, how many people are we, what are we talking about here? The latest number that we've been able to track is about 180 interpreters and staff. 
Um, that's a number from about two days ago, but it's not just them, it's yeah. also their families. That's right. And so when you think about their children, their wives, yeah. oftentimes it's their parents or grandparents as well. There's going to be a larger there's going to be a larger group of people, but ultimately they supported us and they bought in on what they were doing. They believed in Canada and now we need to help them because their belief in us is what's putting them at risk. Agreed with you 110%. Andrew Rusk joining me this afternoon. Let's stay in touch. We'll continue to follow uh, this uh, out here as well. Andrew, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Andrew Rusk is the brother-in-law of Captain Nicola Goddard, and uh, she was one of Canada's 158 soldiers who died in Afghanistan. She was the first female soldier, Canada's first female soldier to die in combat. And, and you heard the story about the interpreter that pulled her out of the uh, vehicle that she was in to, to perform CPR on her. When we talk about no one left behind, you know, that is something, and you hear that oftentimes when it comes to the military community, uh, it's becoming even more so uh, relevant right now, given the circumstances, giving the the, the 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 pressure, giving the urgency of getting these interpreters, drivers, all of those who worked alongside our troops, and as you heard Andrew say, who believed in Canada and who believed in helping Canadian soldiers do their job over there. Notleftbehind.ca is the website. Call your MP if this is something that you're believing in.